This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. What up, y'all? It's another episode of the Paranoid American Podcast, Name Pending. We'll see what it turns out to be. And today I got a guest named Ani Asaru, and he's from the Spiritual Shade Room. I know you through doing a couple podcasts with uh, Tommy, Tommy Truthful, Dona, a few others. And uh, I yep. feel like we connected on a couple of topics, and I just wanted to get to know you a little bit more, and I guess just do that through the series of this podcast. So, uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ani, I just wanted to let you introduce yourself to the audience and you know let everyone know where to find you and what, what projects you got going on, everything. Likewise, brother, likewise, man. Came across your information. I was very excited to see that there is a other esoteric occult community going on, breaking down information, conspiracies, and things happening. So I was thrilled to figure out that there were there were multiple cascades of these communities and your work. Really caught my eye in that last video we did. Man, people still raving about it, using the same terminology up in my chat. So on Patreon, <laughs> I had to look back. I said, what is this? I said, I saw this word. I said, oh, that's the word Thomas had used. I remember it now. Yeah, we're so, talking uh, about the breakdown of the Dahmer series that we did for uh, on, on a Truth Mafia video, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Truth Mafia uh, for the Gilgo Beach breakdown. But uh, That's right. I'll were, put a link below. 
Yeah, you were on fire, bro. You were on fire. I think that opened up people to see, you know, what you're capable of with your information. I know you've been doing it very much longer than me. Me, myself, I've only been doing it for about 10 years now. So we're going around 2014, 2015 is when I started. And yeah, I just break down esotericism. I consider myself a metaphysian. I get into spirituality, spirituality, the physics of the soul is mainly what I uh, get in, into with my information, my Patreon, my uh, YouTube just covers different different topics of occultism, esotericisms, metaphysics. And of course, I do the breakdowns of the Illuminati rituals that they've been doing on society, how to get out of the matrix, how to get your, your mind back right where you need to be. And that's pretty well, much just what I do. What happened in 2014, 2015 that made you start? It started before then, bro- brother. It's like um, something just came. I st- Okay, I'll say this. I started seeing weird music videos. It seemed like the videos got kind of satanic when Rihanna started as an artist. And I remember her umbrella video. I was in college around this time. And they were showing the little demon figure, the Rain Man figure. I don't know if you ever heard of the Rain Man in music videos. I think it's I have not. No. What's the Rain Man? In Eminem, Eminem had a song called Rain Man. And it makes like a little demon face. But in uh, Eminem is the one that started this egregoric entity. It, it, it's like a, a little metal face with hands coming out of it. I remember it in my mind vividly because way back then, I was a devout Christian, so it, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, whoa, what, what is this? And we started to play certain videos, and the Rain Man would pop up in different, you know, if you play the video backwards. Yep, that's it right there. Uh, that little, yeah, that little figure right there. So yep, this is yep. the Rain Man. Yeah, that's the Rain Man. Like, it's, it's showed, I think that's Rihanna or somebody bending down. I can't remember what artist it was, and it makes like a head and a mouth. No. Okay, interesting. This reminds me of um man, I, I wish I could remember the name off the top of my head. The uh mm. there's there's this old conspiracy for like the old country artist that you would meet some guy at a crossroads and um uh he would the give you like the, the knowledge. Well, it, it was like a, a song that a bunch of country music uh stars used to sing about selling your soul in exchange for like a and I think it was in um, their uh, brother where art thou or some a few different movies where they kind of allude to it. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember it too, but I know exactly. That was one of my favorite movies, Brother Where Art Thou. But um, yeah, so that's when I saw the Rain Man. That's when I started to get into the Illuminati stuff. Then I started decoding, and then like two years after that, you know, I just d- dedicated my life into it. After coming across other meta- metaphysical teachers in the community. And I started my own little gig of breaking down little breakdowns and stuff. So you said you you were basically a devout Christian. And then that's yeah. what, I guess, the juxtaposition of seeing something so illicit and just dripping with occult symbolism. That's yeah. what made you start noticing it and then want to go deeper into it. What was so like what specific was your upbringing? Say devout Christian. Did you have like a like Baptist, Protestant or? It wasn't a denomination, honestly. It was mm-hmm. uh, we 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 didn't really go after one denomination, but you know, it was you know a black church, so it was a lot of baptism mixed into it. But I went to a Methodist church school, and it was it was just a 
man, they, 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 they were just doing all types of stuff up in there, bro. But I started to see in the church, the contradictions, you know, I would see them, uh, try to reprimand you for a certain behavior and they were doing the same behavior. Then I was very young coming up in the church and I started to notice like in my teenage years, there was a whole lot of, uh, I won't say scandals, but there were main ministers doing things with people in the public, you know, and it was just out there. So I was like, why, why? I, I thought this is all supposed to be, you know, um, <laughs> innocent Christianity. It, none of this is supposed to happen. And the more and more, I started to pay attention to what was going on. I said, whoa, it, it may be more demons in the church than it is out here. You know, when I started to figure out everything that happened, but I'm not, you know, saying that to the mean, you know, religion by all means. But I just noticed that when I got into metaphysics, it just made more sense. It, it, it clicked. The ancient information clicked to me. The symbolism started to show me things that I've been seeing my whole life that I wanted to understand. And as a Christian, I felt like it was almost celebratory ceremonial uh, repetition. It's just, we get together, we, we, we get, well, inspirational ceremony. Let me just say that. So we're inspirationally getting inspired by something, by whatever, by means of God, Jesus, or whatever happens in church. But I wasn't expanding knowledge into, you know, spirituality. It was nothing spiritual really about it other than seeing people do, do the Holy ghost dance and, and run up and down the aisles and stuff like that. Yeah, they do talk, talking in tongues, talking in tongues. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what they call what it, do you feel about life. that? Yeah. Uh, for now I, I did a video like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I figured out that it, it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, connected to the Enochian text. Like, they, uh, what does it call it? The glossia or something like that? Autoglossia, like, I think. Yeah, autoglossia. It's something like the light science in the DNA. There's a language that you can speak to certain entities. And I think in church, when people actually say that they fill in the spirit, because some people will lie and just pass out on the ground. So the, so the pastor... Yeah, like there, there's an aspect where you're almost pressured to. I mean, I, I've seen, yeah. um, I've seen sermons where people are literally saying, "Speak in tongues, speak in tongues," like they're yelling at yeah. each other to do it. Yeah. So, like, you've got this pressure to do it. So, I, I think there's some that just are playing the act. You know, they're playing the role. But then there's others that it obviously started from somewhere, and some people really do get possessed by something. So that's yeah. that's what you were getting into. What do you think it is? Yeah, because I remember when I was young, they would like put the cross in with, with the olive uh, oil in my head and they would try mm-hmm. to push you. They'll try to push your head and make you fall back and then they'll lay a little blanket. Yeah, that's, on that, you. that's that Peter Popov uh, Industries <laughs> trick. That's where they do. And, and it's like uh, reminds me of Darren Brown and a lot of stage magicians and stage hypnotists that do the same right. thing. Right. It's, it's, a, it's like a pattern break. It's when you do something really unexpected to someone like coming up to you in church thinking you're going to be really gentle. And if you just give them a quick bop on the head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then all of a sudden you change their mentality and you can give them any instructions. So if you bop them and then be like, fall down or fall back, if you're already suggestible, some people are just like, I'm going to go with this. Right. Hyper suggestibility. I study hypnotism and mesmerism. I was really much, that's a part of my science, uh, artificial yeah. somnambulism programming, you know, the sleepwalkers and whatnot. I think that's what's going on with these celebrities now. 
But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much... You're uh, talking my language, man, because the the mesmerism and that animal magnetism, and you just mentioned the artificial somnambulism. That's a Somnambulism is like an old school way of saying sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, But it it got like more and more complicated since then because now we've got different types of sleep. And But man, I I really think you're onto something. To me, that's, that's at the core of all this mind control and metaphysics and maybe just consciousness itself. I think Mesmer kind of tapped into that and he might've, he was like, he said too much. I think, you know what I mean? He wrote it down and he put it into ways that simple people could understand it. And then Mesmer turns into uh, sort of like Miltonian hypno- uh, hypnosis at a certain point, And that turns mm-hmm. to NLP and <clears throat> so many threads that we can go on then. Uh, so I actually, I wanted to start out. I mentioned I've, I've got like a little, uh, rapid fire list of questions and it's just going to be the first number that pops in your head one being like i don't believe that at all i think it's silly and 10 being like i'm all in so if you don't really care if you don't have an opinion like a five is like a maybe you know what i mean okay Uh, so i just want to get like a temperature check you know what i mean let's do it all right all right and it'll be like 10 or 12 or something i'm not i'm not trying to overdo it and based on what you answered then you will get a chance to go into some deeper so if you feel like you got to justify something. Just throw the number out and we'll we'll dig in. I'm all for it. Let's do it, bro. All right. And this is the first question I was supposed to, to lead with this one way back when we first started. Okay. Ani Asar, are you a cop? Because if you're a cop, you got to tell me right now. If you're FBI no. or if you're ATF or anything. <laughs> would you, well, Are you willing to do some drugs right now to one, prove it? No. I got some drugs under your chair. If you look under your... No, I'm just kidding. so okay (laughs) one i like that you're you're already in the mentality for the ratings all right yeah did lee harvey oswald shoot jfk Hmm. i'm gonna say one one okay are ghosts real like the way that we we hear about it in movies are ghosts real the way we hear about it in movies, yeah, uh, like, like you see, like a float-in, half invisible. No, dude. one. <laughs> okay, one? Yeah, okay. One, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, is the Earth flat? Five, because okay. um, I get, I'm able to to um, build. We'll get that. into it. We'll get All into right. it. Go ahead. Are, are dinosaurs real? One. <laughs> a one. Okay. Uh, is the Mandela effect a real thing, or is it just people false uh, having false memories? Five. Five. Okay, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Are were there hidden messages in the Beatles songs or in Led Zeppelin songs? Oh yeah, ten. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do crystal skulls possess uh, special powers? Five. All right. Is Walt uh, Disney's body cryogenically frozen? Five. Uh, How much do you trust cryptocurrency? Five. And then uh, do you think Mozart was murdered for revealing Masonic secrets? Five. All right, well, well, I want to jump into the flat earth one the most, man, because this is one of my favorite topics. I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Uh, First of all, I'm just curious what you think about why do people like why is flat earth a thing now and it wasn't 10 years ago? I mean, I'm assuming in 2014, it didn't come up nearly as much for you 
as it did for me. And all of a sudden, it's been big over the last, I don't know, four years or so. I think the celebrities got into it. I remember a couple of rappers. B.O.B. had a crowdsourcing campaign for a while. Right. And B.O.B., I know him. He's uh, B.O.B. bought my book and we talked a couple of times and he's real into occultism. He's very much into occultism. And hell yeah, is. Um, Kyrie Irving too. Well, he's a basketball player. Uh, he start he brought it back in like 2016. And then people were calling him, you know, dumb and stupid and stuff like Shout that. Shout out like, B.O.B. There's B.O.B. Uh, repping the Paranoid American merch. Oh, really? So yeah, B.O.B. No, is, a, is a is a old school supporter of of Paranoid American. Shout out to B.O.B. What up, B.O.B.? Yeah, my my homeboy from uh, Disney. Shout out to uh, to Goodbye Robot. Um, he he does a lot of his background and like live uh, performance uh, animations and stuff that go on in the background. So yeah, shout oh, out. Really? He, he's a he's an OG conspiracy theorist. Much respect. Much respect. And Bob is like down to earth. So he's not like these other artists. He'll he'll pop up, you know, to a regular, you know, little uh, get together. He's not. You know, too. Well, he works for himself, yeah. which is pretty unique. He don't. Right. He doesn't. He doesn't like uh, operate directly under like a big massive label like that. That's him. So he gets to be his own boss, which is really dope. Exactly. But with the flat Earth, I just. I mean, me personally, I only speak for me. Um, I'm more of a get off of Earther. I don't think the reason why I don't subscribe too much into it, and the reason why I'm not so much into the the spear. O theory is because I'm never gonna have a plane or a rocket to see myself. I can. You just, don't know that, man. You don't know that. Yeah, well, I don't know that. I don't know that. Would you get on it if if they said you know for uh, you can get on a Virgin Galactic flight? It'll take you out into orbit no. so that you can see it. You wouldn't even get on it. Rocket. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into the penis. <laughs> would you Would you get into the uh the the Shamir? Would you get into the little Titanic? No, Shamir? I'm not getting into no? the Shamir. I'm not getting okay. into. The, the the dung beetle whatever it is little worm uh <laughs> ship either but um no nah, i'm just saying it could be because we have a lot of ancient texts that show symbolism that we have a firmament we have a, a too much evidence of that like in a multiple cultures so but it could be esoteric they could be talking about an inner realm you know you get into the nazi theory or well, i can't say that word but that whole theory of uh, what is the inner earth sham? Uh, well, not Shambhala. They call it something else. Uh, yeah, they had a few different names because they went to the the yeah. like, basically Indonesia or um, where was it? Not Thailand. Virilia. Uh, Virilia. There you go. There you go. Where yeah. the where the word Vril also comes from as well. Right. For, for Virilia people like inner earth, but I said it could be esoteric. You know, they're talking about you know the inner black sun. And how most flat earthers think that the sun goes inside of the earth. I I, I don't know how you can believe that. And if, if you can prove it, you know. I haven't on. heard about that one. That the sun yeah, goes inside the earth. They said the sun isn't outside of the firmament. Like the sun isn't 90 million miles away. Oh, right. It's it's a localized sun. That's the the theory. That it's like way closer than we're led to believe. Right. 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 But yeah, they, they, think it's, they think it's inside of like our atmosphere basically i guess they it's more like they call it um aionic rings i think that's what they refer to it as like it's like rings 
I could show a chart of it, but just like rings and stuff. And it's, it's, it's the atmosphere of the earth. And there are these rings right above the atmosphere and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, 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 all I'm going to say is that we have a lot of ancient manuscripts that has symbology of a flat earth, but it may be not explaining exactly something literal of a flat earth, but I don't know. Well, you mentioned hollow earth, which is also something distinct from flat earth. I mean, they can go hand in hand. It's one of those like yeah. square and rectangle relationships. But the uh, the hollow earth, usually when you say that, it also implicitly means that there's underground cities and that there's ways to like traverse from one inside area of the earth to another. Uh, this is almost gets into like Atlantean stuff. How much do you if you had to give that a score? Uh, on one to ten, is this is that also a five? Just for the same reason that we have like underground, and I'm not of, talking about deep underground military bases where you know we we exoterically do it. I mean, like, are there civilizations that are secret uh, that are like hidden away, like City of Ember style? I'm gonna be real, bro. If you asked me that a year and a half ago, I'll say no. But today, I'm more like probably so, man. Probably so, because I've seen some articles, some older articles about about that. I think in Arizona, they were speaking about it. And I was like, man, this might be some legit information. I, I had to tell my crowd, it may be legit. I don't know. I don't have enough info myself to back all of the claims or the facts. But if you ask me today, I will probably say, yeah, yeah, probably, probably so. Have you ever uh, heard of the nation of gods and earths and uh, Jacob, um, like yeah, an underground uh, and, and, the five percenters? Yeah, the five percent. What do you think about that? Because yeah. to me, that's that's hollow earth theory, just told in a slightly different way. I'm not sure what they what's alluded to it about flat earth or hollow earth. I'm not, I'm not well, sure. Well, that because the, because uh, Jacob did all of this underground oh. for like thousands of years and grafted like giants oh. and turned them into short little you know albinos and then sent them above ground but there's apparently so still supposed to be giants living underground oh well yeah well i don't i don't believe that i don't believe yakub or yakub is a um a a person i think if it is true it's, it's talking about uh a group of scientists or engineers or mm -hmm. a priesthood more of a priesthood who who practice clone cl cloning technologies or genetic they were geneticists from way ancient geneticists or something yeah, like the, that experience big-headed scientists is like the 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 slang term for yeah for them. that that's all so you don't you don't like the five percent terminology for all that no, I think probably the the, the 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 new ones they sling that around. But if you you talk to a, a couple of them that know what they're talking about, mm. they know that's 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 not that's not real, man. Like a big headed guy, that stuff is like esoteric. The big head represents information, you know. Mm -hmm. The stuff is not literal, you know. With these pictures and stuff they got out here. <laughs> do you do you think there's any religious texts that are literal, or do you think that they're all pretty much equally symbolic? I think they're all symbolic esotericism. I don't think that there's one person, just just my theory from studying all my years and looking at, you know, tracing it back to mythology, because everything starts at mythology and then it goes into these religious mm -hmm. the theological texts. But mythology is nothing but describing physics 
and they just gave characters, the name of characters to these physics terms. So the same way you would describe electromagnetism, that will be Thor in the Nordic text. That's the description of electromagnetism. They even describe Mjolnir, his hammer, as, as the heart. It represents the heart. So we're talking esoteric texts. And, and people over time, they didn't understand it. And the Egyptians said the number one evil in the world is ignorance, which is not knowing. So if you don't know it, over time, people started to say, yeah, there was a blonde haired dude with a hammer running around striking lightning on people. <laughs> <laughs> it sells it sells tickets, though. Right, right, right. It sure does. So, I mean, I think that that might be one of the one of the angles that we connect on, maybe without even realizing it, because I'm definitely of the same mind, which is sometimes controversial to assume that all religious texts are just highly symbolic and they're just different types of mythology. And I actually, I take it a step further and I kind of consider modern day conspiracy theories, the closest things that we're going to have to a new version of mythology, because the word, the world is so secular and scientific now that I don't think that like another mythology could kind of arise. So even when, new religions come up they're looked at as cults and then it turns into a conspiracy and then it's just all conspiracy theories so conspiracy theories and like i asked you before about lee harvey oswald and jfk right to me that's mythology now like when they look back a thousand years ago they'll be like oh there was a great battle between the armies of lee harvey and jfk or, or something you know I'm, I'm grandstanding that a little bit but i feel like it's just kind of the same thing but uh I, th- I feel like maybe that's where we we connect on that level and looking at everything as like highly esoteric, like Book of Revelations, I think, is pretty much as as deep with occult symbolism as you could get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no, I used to be scared as hell when I was little thinking about a big, what was it, 10 headed beast coming out of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> from from the Book of Revelation. Yeah, from the Book of Revelations. I'm like. So how do you read that now? If you were to sit down and read the book of Revelation now, what lens are you reading it through? It's Kabbalah. It's Kabbalah. That's all it is. It's the ten-headed beast. It's the ten spirit. It's, it's Kabbalah. It's describing Kabbalah. It's describing the seven-headed beast. You know, there was a beast on land. There was a beast on earth. It was a beast. Uh, I think we're the beast. I think man is the beast. Just like they said, 666 is the number of man. And I think the physical rim within itself is the beast. The carbon rim is beast because carbon is 666. You know, anything that exists in the physical has to have 666. So six uh, electrons, six protons, six neutrons, which is carbon. Everything to exist in this physical reality has to have carbon. So this reality, just from, you know, me looking at it, could be uh, the beast in general. I think there there's also layered. Um, ways to look at it, uh, semiotics to even look at it deeper, because um, I believe when you said today with mythology, it's actually a term called mythoposis. There's a guy that sent me a document one time about it, like they're creating a mythoposis, especially with that Q thing. I don't know if I can say that, so I'm just saying the Q thing. You can say yeah, and say whatever you want. Okay, yeah, well, QAnon is a mythoposis. And what I what did I mean by that? Just like how you have the JFK, oh, and, the, and QAnon is very much connected to JFK, by the way. 
you know, oh, there is a like there's a definition. Want to read it? Yeah. So it says uh, mythoposis is a narrative genre in modern literature and film where an artificial or fictionalized mythology is created by the writer of other literary forms. Uh, so they give an example of J.R.R. Tolkien establishing, I guess, an entire world building uh, within, okay. you know, like Lord of the Rings would be an example of this, which is a good, okay. I think that's a great example, right? So like Lord of the Rings, they find, or Harry Potter, right? They find all the movies and action figures and trading cards and plushies and just everything dedicated to Harry Potter 10,000 years from now. And that's all they find, right? They don't find copies of the Bible. They're like, well, they obviously venerated this hairy guy. That was their savior. Right. And it's because we've developed like a legit mythology. And then it's just up to the future to decide, you know, what they think of us. Man, that's so excellent of an explanation of what's going on. So I think that the Jesuits or the writers, uh, or I call them, you know, we identify who they are, but I call it uh, cryptocratic governments, you know, secret societies within secret societies within secret societies that's how this thing goes so i think they're the they're the writers they're out here portraying things speaking of lord of the rings uh the player last year that played for the boston celtics his name was bill russell he was uh he apparently died i think he was murdered right after the celtics he was a famous he was the most famous celtic player ever after the Celtics lost the championship, he passed away. And um, his nickname is the Lord of the Rings because he has the most rings in NBA. Yeah, that's him right here. He, he has the most rings in NBA history. It's, it, they call him the Lord of the Rings. He has 11 rings. You know, 11 is the massive number. And guess what? For the first time in 11 years, <laughs> when he passed away, the month he passed away, they re-released Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power TV series. The same, and it was the first time we've seen Lord of the Rings on TV stream. So I think the Jesuits are somehow stripped in this mythoposis connected to the deaths and degenerate behavior of, of their sacrificial type of uh, mind control they got out here or sonambulism they have out here. And these people are nothing but characters they're picking, you know? The basketball team doesn't look like it's very fire. Oh, that's the Jesuits. <laughs> yeah, this is the Jesuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get ducked on all day, man. <laughs> ducked on all day. But um, yeah, so that yeah, that's that guy. And his name is William Russell. And the person who um started the skull and bones name is William Russell. That's you right. Know? Yeah, yeah. That was a relative of Taft. Yeah. So they connected, you know, him, Russell. There was another Russell connection a couple of weeks ago with some some girl was faking a child uh, kidnapping. Her last name was Russell. You put her name in in the gematria. You know, I'm real big in gematria. Her name equals 201. So it just keeps repeating of how they do these things. But they're stringing characters together one by one. And it's like on a thread and they connect the rituals and whatever stuff they got planned 20, 100 years from now to these people. And this is uh this is the William Russell you were you were talking about a second ago. Yep. Skull there and Bones. You go. And you were talking Gamatria. I gotta show you. This is actually a feature that I ju- I just finished it today that I think you might you might like. So uh cool. I got this occult decode site. And for example, if I wanted to type in skull and bones, right? 
Right. This isn't anything that nobody's ever seen before. A million Gamatria calculators do the exact same thing. But I've been working on a new feature that uh, it's going to basically search through all the results of Gamatria across 16 different ciphers and then match any of those values with the values of any other ciphers. So, for example, I just got 10,000 matches across 16 ciphers of that phrase skull and bones. So, like, wow. for example... Abraxas, right? Abraxas mm-hmm. is 65 in um, Trigrammaton Kabbalah, and that 65 matches the 65 of keypad in Skull and Bones. So this is like a way that you can match any words with any other words. And I'm not familiar with any other solution that gives you this many options. I mean, it literally has shown me like 10,000 different results here in alphabetical order. What is the name of this? I might need to use that for my class in the morning. This is this is a cult decode, and I already got a link to you right here on the very bottom. So, yeah, oh, use it up, man. Already, You're right there, bro. Here. Okay, you're already on there, dude. I'm I'm linking to the site already. Here, this is. Oh, thank you, bro. Oh, if you man. got if you got features or suggestions or anything, you just tell me and and hit me up, man, and I'll add them to this thing. Great, great. Yeah, I'm gonna use this. I got a, a intermediate gematria class to teach in the morning. I'm a definitely plug this in i, I gotta yeah. tell you the, the gamatria i try my hardest to uh understand it but it reminds me so much of of math class and math homework that there's like this this uh tortured sheltered little uh you know like 13 year old inside of me that like when all the numbers come up he cries and starts doodling and drawing comics again so <laughs> it, it's weird man like even if i want to snap out of it the, the as i gotta tell you as i've been working on this calculator because I have to get at least the math right to make sure that's the most important thing is that the numbers add up right and then all the comparisons. But as I was working on this, I started having nightmares about being back in school again. But like I didn't have my books and I didn't have a pencil and I didn't like know where my classes were and like everyone just kept yelling at me. And I really oh, do think yeah. it's just because of all the numbers and math that like kept coming up in this again. So right. Oh man, yeah. We don't want to send you back there. I, I often have dreams like that sometimes too. Like, oh, man, like the fear of staying back like three or four times and in, in school. Yeah, man. Uh, it's yeah, real, uh, man. It, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, occultdecode.com, man. Use it up. If you got any features you want to suggest, just let me know. And, and they're in there. And I think that's programming, because if you look at how school is, it's just like prison. I saw a picture of that once, like their trays of how they set it up and everything. School is just like prison. K through 12 is like prison. Even when you go to college, they don't even teach you how to run a business. They teach you how to work for a business. So I think even the Jesuit cryptocratic influence is how we receive our education because the word education actually comes from a Latin word named educare. And educare means to draw out something. So you need to draw Mm -hmm. something out of the person. They're not drawing nothing really out of us, our potential. At least that they're just drawing out us <laughs> to become their, you know, puppet or slave or something like that. I mean, uh, so so I'm I'm actually curious about what you think of education today. If you care about, um, you ever, are you familiar with the seven liberal arts, the quadrivium, the trivium? Yes, and all this. So, like, what do you think uh, was the reason that they pulled out that out? Do you think it was just simply for control? Absolutely. Uh, The Moors used to teach at Salamanca University, and a lot of the early uh, Europeans, Greek philosophers, would go to Salamanca to learn the seven liberal arts and the quadrium and all of that from the Moors, teaching this high 
science that is, is supposed to be a standard in education, period. They, they don't want you to be able to think for yourself because as soon as a hundred people think for themselves, they realize that you really don't even need countries to, to function in your own uh, functionality. You could just form that under yourself. You can start your own nation. You can start, you know, uh, building your own type stuff. And they always want us to think that we have to go through them and their establishment for, for us to do something great. We could be building our own computers, have our own factories, doing whatever we want to do, inventing something that they never even even thought to event, event, invent. But what they do, they recruit people like you and me, people who have that mindset to think outside of the box and they give them a buttload of money just to suppress and to control them and to to keep the money, you know, uh, circulating through whatever, you know, they have going on and this whole rig thing. So I think that's really what it is. And I, I got to say, uh, I'm probably guilty of that, too. But I don't think it's at least in, in my opinion, I'm, I want to know what your opinion is on this. But I feel mm-hmm. like it's not that the government has to come or like Facebook has to come and bribe you and be like, you know, never talk about this, whatever. What they do is they'll just be like, hey, we'll give you this much money but you have to deliver these unrealistic expectations. And realistically, you're not going to have free time to do anything else you want. You're not going to be able to create art or question your surroundings or participate in like social movements because you need to be working. You know, you, you've got to be in a yeah. meeting for, between those hours. And I feel yeah. like that's the, the, the real modern world version of bribery. It's just like sit in that office and you get this paycheck and don't participate in, you know, don't say anything stupid. Don't voice your opinion. Don't have controversial opinions. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, time for creativity. Um, that's the biggest thing because all of us who have to work a nine to five, let's just say you, you didn't even have the ambition to start your own company or to do something outside of just working a common nine to five, you're working so hard because even today, 2023, a nine to five ain't what it used to be. You know, you used to be able to get by supply for your whole family. Now you need about another person working in the house, doing a nine to five. You need multiple. Well, you better have a couple nine to fives unless it's beyond, you know, minimum wage. Exactly. Well, gig yeah, economy. Well, oh yeah, you're not surviving on minimum wage day, but mm. let's just say even with the common, I think like the average male in America makes around thirty thousand dollars. There's no way you could survive in America with thirty thousand dollars a day. And there's there's no way. Even on the the the, the if your rent was eight hundred dollars, you're not surviving, man. So it's it's more they put that pressure on you and then you have to work so hard, you go to sleep, you have to catch up with your sleep. And the time that you're spending sleeping is the time for you to create something outside of, of what they have you pouring into their companies and everything. So it's just a big cycle. Who, if if you had to say who they is, like, who do you think they is? Uh, that's over it all? Like, doing all of this stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, people just, you know, frequently would just use the placeholder they. Like, they won't let you do this or they they want you to do this. Who do you think that they is? If you could come the closest you can. And I understand that it's not like this oversimplistic thing where you can be like, it's that yeah. group. But if you had to, knowing that, like, you know, like, we're just going to generalize here. Like, is it is it Freemasons? Is it Hollywood? Is it, you know, Israel? Like, who is it? It's the Jesuits, man. I'm telling people it's the Jesuits. I have ample evidence 
It's the Jesuits. Like it, that, that's who it is. If you type in, if you could type this in, Thomas, put in Jesuit. The, the, the Gamatria calculator? No, just type it in on your search engine. Type in Jesuit conspiracy theories. Oh boy. <laughs> I actually was just talking to the uh um one of the, yeah, the relatives, yeah, the, the son of um uh, none dare call it a conspiracy, which is is heavily steeped in this Jesuit conspiracy stuff. That's the, like the OG right book now. from the fifties. I'm telling you right now, bro. This the if you go back to that top picture up there, that picture is showing the Jesuits sabotaging things going on in history. Literally, they have like a bomb in their head. If you read the caption, it's like bro, those were, could be those localized sons too, man. Inside the firmament, look at that. You see? <laughs> Everything, bro. I'm telling you, these people. And if you read that art, the article, you guys go and read it. I know Thomas probably don't have enough time to read through it. It's like people throughout history saying, like, "Yo, it's the Jesuits, it's them," and they say that they're so powerful. They have the biggest influence, political influence. Yeah, there's another one right there. You know, the dragon or whatnot. So. And uh, they're called the, 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 the Catholic Church's assassins. You know, that's, that's that's they're the military of the Catholic Church. Right. But they're called their nickname is the Society of Jesus. And it makes sense because if you really ask the question, do people worship Satan today? A lot of people say, yeah, they worship Satan. But the truth of the matter is, no, they don't. Most people worship Jesus, man. Let's just keep it real. <laughs> Yep, they're behind the French Revolution, all of this stuff, man. I'm telling you, if you read that article, I sent something to the group the other day. They even think that the Jesuits created humunculus gray aliens and, and made everybody up. Oh, there it goes again. Right there. Skeptic Bomb Blaskowitz, uh, some Polish name that I can't pronounce, also claims that Phelps told them gray aliens are not aliens, but creations of Jesuit science. That sounds like a homunculus. Right. Yeah. The creation yeah. of Jesuit science as a homunculus. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and if you look in, in any of these movies, they always got their symbol, the IHS symbol in the new they clone Tyrone movie. They got the IHS symbol. It's just it's the Jesuits. And yeah. There you go. You, you, you put the right person on the stream. <laughs> the, yeah. So, uh, so this one's uh, interesting. So you asked the question. I want to get your answer on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, is satan and jesus real like if like for example if you walk in and there's a bunch of people in a dark room and they've got candlelight and they've got you know the pentagram on them they're they're clearly doing a satanic ritual right do you think Uh, that if you if you jumped in and you like grabbed hands with them and joined their circle that like something evil just happened that you now have bad karma like any anything at all happens or do you think that's all just like hardcore role-playing and larping or do you think like there's actually something you could do to offend God in that in that process? No, I don't think there's nothing you can defend God to offend God. No, I so, don't think so if someone was like, yeah, we're going to summon a demon tonight. And it's like you don't have to cut yourself or anything, but like they legit think they're going to summon, you know, um, you know, Baphomet or Beelzebub or, you know, enter enter whatever God, you know, gap. Right. Would you be like, yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. I'll watch you do it. I'll hang out. I mean, I wouldn't hang out or participate in it. I, me, in my mind, I would, if they were serious, let's just say they were serious. So they're serious. Some people just, you know, they just, you know, be kidding around. I wouldn't think they had the, the proper occult science or the, the intelligence probably to even 
summon a demon or an angel or something like that. You have to be very ingrained. You have to develop magnetic resonance because I don't even believe really in demons like that. I'm, I'm, I'm more in Gnosticism, archons and things. The word demon is etymology root is daemon. But there are egregores, Thomas, egregores of Jesus and, and Satan exists. And, you know, I'm talking about a group collective projected. Yeah, ex- explain to me uh, what your interpretation of egregores is, because this is a interesting topic for me. All right. Let's give an example. Me and you get a group of 10 people. And let's just say we're very powerful people. All we do every day. Wu-Tang Clan. Let's say we're Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, we're Wu-Tang Clan. So Wu-Tang Clan comes together at 6 p.m. every day and we close our eyes and we envision an entity and we name an entity. And every day at 6 p.m., our job is to meditate, do whatever you said in the middle of the circle and, and create this entity. And all we're trying to do is create a conscious field for this entity to feel, feel inside of itself. Then we have the power to print the name of this entity into articles, into books, into history. We've now created a a, a egregore. And now everybody who sees the confirmation in the books, the literature, and the history, they'll say this thing existed as something real. But really, it was a projected, projected conscious field of a group of people that even when they die, the entity becomes autonomous within the consciousness of people in the, in the future. That's so like, so if you got like a bracelet that says, what would whoever do the, whoever is the aggregate, right? Because it's like a person that may or may not even have existed, but you're saying like they did exist. What was going through their mind? How would they make a decision here? So would right. you consider like Walt Disney an aggregate? Well, his, astral whatever we can remember of him past him leaving the body can become an egregore so his astral form is a memory that's all what the astral plane is a memory how we hold on to our uh our ancestors is through the the astral form that we instill in our memory of them so in our memory yes in the disney family there, Walt Disney does exist as an egregore. He's there, there's people in his family who remembers him, and he's he comes to them in different forms of how they remembered him in their dreams. So he's okay. a he's a conscious field somewhere, but it's like yeah. a family patron, right? Like yeah, you know, yeah. What, would, what yeah. would your ancestors? What would great grandpa do? And always, you know, great grandpa, give me some advice. You know, well, through the, these giant times, what, I don't want to know what Walt Disney. <laughs> so so uh. <laughs> you you mentioned a little bit earlier Anokian magic, and then you mentioned yeah. kind of like aggregors and daemons. So, uh, if if you don't believe in the conventional like angels and demons, I guess the way that a lot of people yeah. seem to describe them, what do you think about King Solomon and his his magic seals and the ability to like take these seals and use it to rule over? I guess what we could call an aggregore or a spirit or a daemon as opposed to a demon. Do you think that was also all symbolic or do you think there was anything real to some of that? King Solomon never existed. Mm-hmm. King Solomon never existed. Um, Hiram Abiff never existed. These, these are, again, like a conscious energy form for a person to assume authority of. It's like the, the degrees in masonry is also degrees in consciousness within yourself. 
So you're striving to become Solomon and have control over the Goetia. That's what they're called. These um, 72 uh, demon, demonic spirits of the Shem Hamphorosh. Right. The, the lesser key is of Solomon's another uh, version of it. Exactly. And what that is, is there, the 72 demons, there's 72 demons, there's 72 angels. And together is the 144. And what they're speaking of, you ever heard the saying that you only use 10% of your brain? Mm. The 90% of your brain is the Goetia. It's a, a force in the subconscious plane that we neglect because we're not taught how to use the subconscious plane for ourselves. The magicians, the, the Jesuits, these black magicians study the, the Moorish science, the Egyptian science, the, the um, uh, what do you call those people that worship stuff in the forest? They demonize so much. Oh, you mean like uh, Wiccans and, and Wiccan, Druids and nature magic? And they, they, there's something called chaos magic. Chaos magic is I'm going to take a little bit from the Wiccans. I'm going to take a little bit from Yoruba, African people. I'm going to take <laughs> something from the Native Americans. I'm going to take something from over here and well, I'm going to just use it all. And it's I'm like a, uh, the, the I don't know if you heard of a suicide when you go to like uh like the the drink machine and you just put like some Dr Pepper and some some yeah, Coke yeah. and some Sprite and some root uh, beer yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's kind of like you just yeah you just get it but there's a formula that you see identical in each system you'll find some type of identical thing in each system just like you can find the myth of of Jesus in 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 Egyptian mythology of Heru. You'll see some similarities there, you know, and you'll see it in other like Quetzalcoatl here in America. You'll see some things reminiscent of, ha- of how they said in the Bible, Jesus' life went. Also Osiris and stuff like that. So what they've done, they created this, this magic system and they've learned how to tap into the 90 percent uh, of, the, of the subconscious plane. They, they learned that. And they, I don't say they've mastered it, but they're they're damn good at it. And they're teaching their generations of kids that's connected to their orders how to uh, carry this off into the next generation. This is uh, this guy's picture came up when you were talking a little bit earlier about mm-hmm. the 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 mythopedia. Or I can't remember the word already, but it's when you make like an artificial mythology. It had a picture of Joseph Campbell there. And this what you're talking about now reminds me of his book hero of a thousand faces where he Mm -hmm. just shows here's this cyclical archetype of a hero that every single God kind of fits into this exact same story. So you got virgin births, um, you've got attempted, you know, um, unalivement, (laughs) you've got being exiled from your city, fall from great. So like this kind of follows this whole sort of storyline. It's almost a formula. I mean, I would say it's a mathematical formula almost. Yeah. This is union parapsychology and each and every one of us where we live our own uh, personal mythology and the mind within itself is going through this uh, dissecting of how that map that the hero's journey is is going on. This is the only thing that we're we're, we're going through within our life and everything that we're experiencing between different people. If you look at this chart that's being shown right here, you're going to see in the description of these things, some people describe it different ways, but it's happening to you every day. So, uh, 
I'm I'm curious. We also were talking about dinosaurs a little earlier, and you gave dinosaurs a one, bro. So yeah, I want to yeah. know. So first of all, a qualifier. I understand if the one is like how the Tyrannosaurus Rex is presented at the Museum of Natural History, and here's exactly how the bones are laid out and and all that. Like if they got it a little bit wrong, or if you know there's a little bit of financial investment to make sure that someone's not like, oh, actually, you missed the part, or you know that thing goes over there. Like, is that the one or is the one like they never actually existed? The bones are completely fake or the bones came from like a different species entirely. Like what? Where are you at on this? I want to know more. The bones are fake, man. I'm sorry. Like like just like from scratch, someone just sat down and was like, I'm going to make a fake bone and tell me more, man. Tell me more about it. They they plagiarize a history of these reptilian beings if you look at the bone structures, you, you some people, there's some books you can find. I could actually find one of these videos that I looked into. It was a guy way back then. I can't remember his name now, but he was very prominent in, in the whole, uh, what, what is the study of big do- uh, of uh, dinosaurs? Whatever the study of dinosaurs, he was a very, very prominent name. And he was saying that the dinosaurs were, uh, the, the bones was uh, fabricated. They were buried in certain places for certain people to be able, certain powerful people will get the chance to name a dinosaur. So they'll right. say, hey, we buried this bone, these fake bones here. You can take your team of, of excavators or whatever you call them and go there and dig them up and we'll let you name this dinosaur and we'll let you name this dinosaur and your families will be set up of being the family who named the Stegosaurus from now on in history. And really these bones are all fake. You know, they're not authentic. And you see, they they ask, is it fake? Is it fake? If you got to ask the question, absolutely they're fake. Now I'm not saying that there haven't been large reptilian beings that ever walked the earth, but I think the dinosaur theory, they don't even, they never show, one thing I noticed, they never show the Tyrannosaurus penis or whether it has a vagina to the the female, that they they, they never show that type stuff, you know? Even in pictures, when you you look up in, in books, they never show the procreation of how a Stegosaurus would, yeah, you see, look, go to that picture right there. The, 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 yeah, they did. Oh, how does it happen? You see, how how would that happen? Interesting. You know? I didn't think I was going to be uh, searching Tyrannosaurus Rex penis tonight, but here I am. <laughs> well, now, now we're getting to like a furry category. I don't know if I don't know if this is legit. Yeah, now they get into that. But, <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's a valid question, man. I guess, I guess that is a good question. How? What would the? What? Oh, look at that. Is this? Uh, is this the anatomy of dinosaur sex? Oh Lord, here it goes. You Imagine know, being the scientist. It's like, okay, we got to put together this new display for yeah. the kids. Yeah, they, <laughs> somebody high up. Hey. You better get those. They're asking questions about how they're doing this. You better put something together for them. <laughs> and Sex type and it up. dinosaur necks. Yeah. What about these dudes? Right. What about the uh, the yeah. brontosaurus? Yeah. How would they actually? <laughs> it's, that's a good question, man. It would have to involve the neck, right? It would have it to. There's to. no other. <laughs> yeah. How would oh, this? Man. How would it happen, bro? It's like I'm telling you, bro. This this. this I got. I got to tell you, man. Like I was. 
I was at an eight, a seven or an eight. But the question of how did a Tyrannosaurus or a Brontosaurus mate? I'm I'm at a five now. I'm at a six. I'll be real. I'm at a six. So if you still had, you know, gun to the head, I'm still going to say dinosaurs are real because that programming is like deep inside my brain. But I'm like way closer to the the maybe line now, man. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a paleontologist, a paleontologist. It was a famous paleontologist that that did it. I'm gonna send you the video. I'm gonna send you this video of the guy who did the research. That's nuts, and, man. Yeah, after you see it, you would be like, wow, like maybe probably didn't exist. I, I don't, I don't know. So, yeah, I like how it just fixes fixes the spelling though. Okay, right. I mean, I guess I, I mean this one actually looks reasonable i mean that's the the rational view of what you would assume right something like yeah. that something like that but it's still of course it's some german dude yeah uh, i don't know you know all right man I, yeah i appreciate that that one that one i wasn't expecting man and, and i think that, that it's a valid point and and you also it brings up another interesting linkage there that so much of science is based on these dudes with the egos and being able to name something after themselves or i mean that's kind of the the crown achievement one is that you get funded by a whole bunch of stuff and then the other one is just like recognitions and awards and i I think that crowning achievement is something gets named after you like some weird beetle or a disease maybe if you're not as lucky you know what i mean stuff like that uh, but right. that I think shapes the type of stuff that we learn. And then also imagine if let's just say for a second that all the dinosaur bones are fake and you get this bone into some museum and then it's got like the Aniosaurus, you know what I mean? Like the, the, like your own dinosaur. And then you've got oh, a legacy dinosaur. and all the people that believed you and backed you, they've got legacies of their own. And everyone's like, my uncle worked with Aniosaru and they discovered the, you know, right. Saurus. And right. now there's this, con- there's like a concerted and a really like a, a, an intention for people to want it to be true and to fight against anyone right. that says it's not true. And then you could just be like, well, then why did, you know, great, great uncle Ani get all these millions of dollars from the government and the Smithsonian if it's not true? And now it's like, well, the Smithsonian, the government can't look like idiots for pumping money into this thing that never. So, I, I mean, I understand that it, it might have just been like a lie that got out of hand, but I don't know exactly. if I'm ready to accept dinosaurs or, are not real at all. But I, I appreciate that approach of like it's science lying as opposed to I guess the other version of that is like uh, uh, Satan buried a bunch of bones to trick you into going to hell or, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could dive deep into that. But it, it could be something connected to the story of the Nephilim. I'm not believing that they were dinosaurs, but um, it could be something connected to some type of group of beings. I don't know if they were reptilian or not that was here and they were wiped out. And the people, some billionaires came together and some people that didn't have a billion dollars yet. But just some smart people came together and said, hey, this would be a good theory. This is how we could do it. And they probably found the bones of a couple of real, you know, frozen, I don't know, things that's out there or what, what do they call it when the oil fossil, fossilifies it? Oh, petrified? Petrified it. And they say, well, let's just make it into something. 
and they got somebody to do the mathematics and all it is and the bones got to be like you know it is they know how to read. Yeah, they've, they've never done that before. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how deep like, I get with it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I um I don't know what what the search term would be, but if you look for original pictures of like the pyramids that they find in Mexico and all these places, they don't look anything like the way that they trim them up and make them to look like now, where mm-hmm. it's got like all these intentional shapes and figures cut out. Um, like like they still were obvious, you know, um, platforms and structures that were interesting, but they completely change what it looks like now. So people get these weird, you know, like uh, ideas in their mind about how the mm. ancient world used to look. So yeah, so, Tartaria uh, and stuff. Yeah, like what do you that. think about Tartaria, man? I think there's some truth to Tartaria. I think that there was a land uh, or a civilization of people who use a certain cymatic technology and i think something got out of hand with with, with whatever whoever they were i don't know at war with and uh they say that certain some of the lands the frequency of certain um machinations that they were using caused some type of mud flood and the mud flood is what you know sunk a lot of their their top prime areas that they were uh that they were, uh, you know, settled at. So if you really dig into the earth in certain places, you will see that there's places that's built on top of other places. And we, we, we know that just in the modern era, era of, of the places, there's a lot of things that you can dig and find something from a couple of hundred years ago. So for me to say, Hey, about, Four or five hundred years ago, there was a civilization with advanced technologies and they found some things buried up under different ley lines in certain areas. And they called themselves the Tartarians. There was an empire called Tartaria. We know over there in Crimea, over there by Ukraine, they they found the the actual um, home, one of the homes of the Tartarians. The flag of Crimea is the same tartarian flag that they found on a map so we know there were a group there were a group of people that called themselves the tartarians now to say that the civilization how large or how expanded it was but i think it's more like an era when we say tartaria we're talking about an era of a certain advanced technologies that people kind of um found evidence of but yeah, if you ask me, I think it was advanced technology, and I think that there is civilizations buried up, up under other civilizations if you go digging far enough. Yeah, a lot of people have different interpretations on like what Tartaria is and means. I guess the one that I I feel most comfortable relating to is like the Phoenicians. Like you mm-hmm. might have been a Phoenician, but that didn't necessarily even say what country you're from or what gods you believed in. It just kind of referred to the fact that you were maybe a maritime trader, or if not, your livelihood uh, depended on maritime trade, and therefore you were kind of a Phoenician, um, you know, aka, I guess, a Canaanite, depending on like where you're coming at it from, or Punic. If you know, it all depends on the region and the time period they're talking about. And I guess Tartaria was like that, but it's for like Eurasia Minor, I guess, or like part of like a. Uh, like uh, Russia, modern day Russia, Croatia, you know, Ukraine area. So, right. 
So um, um, I guess uh, what kind of technology do you think the ancient cultures used to have? You mentioned cymatics. Mm-hmm. So like being able to levitate really heavy objects and create huge mega structures, right? Is there anything yeah. else that you think they had? Do you think there was like teleportation or flying or lasers or any, any other thing that's like super cool? I think, I mean, it's possible. I'm not sure evidence of teleportation. If it was teleportation technology, it was more metaphysical, hyperdimensional from a, a astral projection, projecting out of the body, you know, more mm-hmm. of a teleportation. Maybe they had some type of intergalactic commerce dealing with that in portal physics, dealing with how portals can open up specifically inside of the person, because I think we get too much into literal things, you know, CERN machine, all of this stuff out here, but they're going to be able to open portals. The portals are mainly inside of the mind in our uh, etherical bodies, I believe. And I think they had access of how to get into other levels of the etherical and astral body. Definitely. I also think their science uh, or their comprehension of the, of the science they had with alchemy, they could produce certain, um, uh, what would you call it? Um, substances that will cause things to flow. Like I read in a book one time that there was a alchemy of creating this white dust. And if you rub the dust, it was back in like Egyptian times. If you rub the, the dust on certain objects, the object will float just from you rubbing dust on it. So I don't know. Looking this up, I haven't heard that before. That's interesting. It's in the book. I think it's in Peter Moon's book. Peter Moon has a book on it. I can't remember which one of his books is, but it's uh, called The Bitumen, I believe. And and yeah, they were able to, this alchemical substance, they, they were able to rub this substance. And they even said that the substance had spirits in it. Like if you um, were a certain magician, a priestess or priest, you were able to actually communicate with this substance. They were even, even able to liquefy it and put it in a flask. And they said that whole um, Aladdin thing with the gin came from this uh, substance called, it was called bitumen occultum. Bitumen, and the word occultum is your pre-word before you get real, from what I, what I read in the, the theosophical text. So I think they were able to use alchemy on a level that connected connected on a, a intergalactic spiritual level. And that's how they got their technologies, the communications between the sciences that they use were giving them abilities to understand physics of things that today I think is B I B I T U B M E N bit two men. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. There you go. Mummy powder. Is that one of them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that might be it, but this is wild. Yeah, but you look up Peter Moon, he has it in his books. I can't remember which book it is, but yeah, look at this. Uh the, the etymology of the word mummy is worth noting. Mumia is a Persian word for asphaltum, known as bitumen of, of Judea or mm. natural asphalt. So it sounds like maybe this is what you're talking about. Yeah. Bitumen is a viscous form of petroleum that appears to sweat or tear soft drop off itself off the harder parts of the substance. Interesting, man. Go. Yeah, yeah. 1400s uh, referred to in a medieval manual. Okay. 
Yeah. So like the priests, they didn't want to be dug up. They didn't. The priests in Egypt, none of them were, were mummified because they I think that it was something in a book like they thought they could see in the future. So they thought if they mummified their bodies, they'll be able to clone them. So what they did, they would like either burn their bodies up or they would put it in like a flask, like dust or something like that. And they found this bitumen and the bitumen, they said back then, like priests were able to use it to speak to the priest whose body was turned into it. You know, it's interesting. This is not, yeah, this is, I've never heard of bitumen before. It also Mm. says here in uh, what, but what book is this? The occult virtues of things from uh, Cornelius Agrippa. It says, bitumen which with the weapons of the amazons were said to be smeared over by which they could be spoiled by neither sword nor fire which also Mm. the gates of caspia made of grass reported to be smeared over by alexander upon the uh the great we also read that noah's ark was joined together with this bitumen and Mm. that it endured thousands of years upon the mountains that's interesting man i've never heard of that before it sounds like almost like a a spiritual cement right like it's it's like a special yeah. cement <laughs> yeah like some damn yeah i think uh tommy will call it black goo <laughs> black yeah i guess he, he probably like, would yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's bad. Oh, so um i want to be mindful of your time i think that you said you yeah. had something to do a little bit later tonight so um so, i want to wrap it up and let people know once more where to find you. Uh, although it'll probably be more of your viewers when I release this, watching this instead of mine. So well, welcome to Paranoid American, but also in the future, <laughs> where can people find Ani Asaru in the spiritual shade room? You guys can find me on YouTube at Ani Osaru. You can find me on Instagram. I post almost every other day. You can connect with me at the spiritual shade room and you put the number one, and you can find me on my Patreon where I teach uh, spiritual classes, gematria classes at patreon.com slash T-H-E underscore spiritual shade room. There you go. And then here's your link tree too. We got all your different links there. Yep. That's it. And I had a great time today, brother. We got to, we got to do another one where we have a little bit uh, expanded time. So we can get into these discussions. I got to have you on my platform. Yeah, man. I, I mean, this was just like a quick introduction to get to know you for, for my audience to get to know you. But I feel like we got some research projects in our future where we can go deep on a few topics that that no one. I, I feel like there's so many interesting topics that people get into, but it's like the same surface level stuff and just like repeating things that have been in books since forever and uh, so it, right, man. <laughs> there's got to be more than just connecting it like there's got to be like okay now do more research on this person that nobody knows information about and that's what i think we can be doing so yeah man uh that's great bro i think we could do that let's 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 get back together and do that bro i'd be very much interested in that we'll build man uh, thank you again ani for stopping by lots more to come from the both of us and yes, uh, i just want to remind everybody that if you're not paranoid at this point, you're definitely not paying attention, right? Right. Peace, y'all. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.